Welcome, welcome, welcome to E2T, Explore, Experience, Thrive, Be, Adventure. I'm Marcy Nald, and on this podcast, we talk about going after our dreams at any age, of doing the things that we have deep desires on how we want to explore our lives, and making no excuses, and also not listening to what anyone else thinks that we are capable of. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Aviva Cantor the youngest woman to ever sit on the United States Figure Skating Association's Adult Skating Committee and be the, ch- the, the chair, or the, is it the president or the chair? Chair. Aviva. The, um, the head chair. And she also is an author, an editor, a writer, and she's a competitive uh, figure skater. Welcome to the show, Aviva. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So there's so many things that you do and so many passions that you go after. And you skated as a young child, right? Yeah. So I started skating when I was four years old and it was solely for the purpose of physical therapy. I used to walk pigeon toed and I had to wear those really ugly corrective shoes. And the orthopedic doctor told my parents to put me in learn to skate classes. And I just loved it. And it was not supposed to be this whole lifelong thing. And it just turned out to be a lifelong thing. And um, about six months after I started skating, my mother started skating at the age of 44. So fast forward, let me think, fast forward 28 years, and we are both still skating as adults. Oh, my God. I absolutely love that. Now, I remember I didn't get to skate as a kid. My parents didn't have the money and I had the swamp in my backyard and I would have like the, the, the Goodwill skates and I would go and shovel off like, you know, 10 feet of snow and I would pretend I was a figure skater (laughs) and, you know, looking at television and growing up with watching skating, it was like, Oh, I just want to be able to do that. It's so beautiful. And I remember being in my car one night and thinking, after watching a skating competition and thinking, I would love just the training aspect of it to work so hard towards something and get up every day and be passionate about it. But I never thought for even a second that it was still possible because I was an adult. And so, you know, fast forward many years after that and I called up a skating school and I'm like, do adults skate? And the coach actually at that time said, I don't think so. (laughs) she just didn't want adults in her skating school. And I'm like, well, what if I bought, brought a bunch of friends with me? And so what do you say, you know, now I know how big our community is and that there are adult skating competitions and that you literally can skate for your entire life. It is not just about the Olympics or, you know, being competitive, that skating really is, you know, for so many reasons, from physical therapy and balance to, you know, just having something joyful in your life. So you are definitely there at the forefront, leading the the battle cry to get people to understand that skating is for everyone. So in the adult skating community, we say that we have two different types of people. The two different types of people are skaters who became adults and adults who became skaters. So I am a skater who became an adult and you are an adult who became a skater. And what's great about our skating community is that we have a place for everyone. And we hear a lot, oh, I'm too old to do this. 
Um, and we hear that both from beginners or people who did it as a kid, because like people, people who will achieve a lot as a kid, and then they're nervous to come back as an adult, because they're afraid that they won't achieve the same level of greatness. Yeah. They worry that, oh, I did that jump as a kid, and I can't do that jump anymore. Um, and there are also just like different setbacks in adulthood that can get in the way of skating. People think, oh, I don't have the time for this. I don't have the money for this. I don't have the energy for this. Or it's just things get in the way. And basically, we have what I like to tell people is that skating is always there for you um, whenever you are able and willing to participate. And we seriously have opportunities for everyone. Um, what's really cool and which is something that I've learned as I've gotten more into adult skating leadership is that the United States is the global leader in adult skating. So wow. no other country offers adult skaters the opportunities that we do. And other countries look to us for an example. Um, like any any other country, if they are looking to provide opportunities for adult skaters, they look to United States figure skating. And that's a pretty amazing thing to be a part of. That's a really amazing thing to be a part of. And that's the thing is like, it's almost like this secret society that we don't want to be secret because it's such an amazing community of people who are living their dream, are passionate, are willing to, as we say in skating, get up. Yes. Because it, sometimes it's the get up at 4 a.m. so that you can be on the ice at 5 before you go to your regular job. Um, so seriously, so the best lesson, the best life lesson that any skater of any age learns is that if you fall, you get up. Like mm -hmm. we teach that to four-year-olds. We teach that to 50-year-olds. Anyone, any situation, you fall. As long as you can physically get back up, you get up and you keep going. And the sport also, there's a lot of failure in the sport. Like every person who has had any kind of success in the sport has also had some kind of horrible failure in the sport. Um, you see that at elite levels and you see that at the more grassroots levels. I've certainly had plenty of experiences that I would call failures. Um, and like when, so when you do succeed, it's worth so much more. And you think about all of the failures that you've had. Um, yeah. When you do get to succeed, like for any for skaters, a really big example is our testing structure that the way it works is that if you want to advance in level, you have to pass tests and you don't always pass them. And when you pass a test that you have tried so many times to pass, it feels so good. Like, <laughs> I have been there and yeah it's there are so many there are opportunities if even if you're not a competitive person to feel that sense of success and to work towards something and I really like that we're able to offer that yeah and what's amazing too about this sport is that you do take it into your life and for me it's like once I figured out that I could be a figure skater um you know in adulthood it suddenly was like, well, what else am, what other dreams that I put on hold or think that I couldn't do or it was too late? Because seriously, if I'm going to strap on a pair of skates with a blade on the bottom and get out on the ice, and I remember probably my first three years, four years, I would look at the ice, look at my feet and think, are you crazy? You know, <laughs> it, like it's not because it didn't come from when I was a little girl and I recently did this amazing, um, and this is where you're saying like, there's something for everyone. I did a contemporary ice festival 
And it was a lot of high level skaters who started as kids and I was able to go into it. And they were like, this is a place of non-judgment. This is a place to explore your emotions and your fear and your creativity and to push yourself. And I remember at the end of it, because it was such an amazing spiritual experience as well, is saying when you start as an adult, you start within fear and you're hugging those boards And now people see me skate and they're like, oh, I can never be there. And I'm so scared. And when I tell them, you don't understand, I held onto those boards and said, you people are crazy. (laughs) And they were like, you have to fall. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested, you know. And now I step on the ice and I am so much more graceful on the ice than I ever am in regular life. Like I'll get off the ice and walk right into a door. Oh, I am. Yeah, I am much. I have horrible balance off the ice. I'm always falling <laughs> over in the street, but on the ice, I'm fine. Um, yeah. And the thing is that like, it just, it gives people, for a lot of people, it gives them a creative outlet. At least yeah. that's what it's always been for me creative side of the sport I love selecting and editing my own music I do nearly all of my own choreography I have costume design experience I don't currently usually make my own um but just I love being in the creative side of the sport there are so many like there are so many things that the sport offers that have nothing to do with the skating itself yeah and I yeah I've really loved that and it's interesting to see like the personalities that you meet in adult skating it. I always say the way I like to phrase it is that it takes a special kind of crazy to do what we do. Yes. And like you just you meet the most interesting people like like a lot of um, it's a lot of it's the person lots of type A. Everyone's type A. And it's a lot of people who give it their all with everything they do. Like you'll find a lot of adult skaters are also like marathon runners, triathlon participants um, or just like they achieve high levels of greatness in other ways. And then they're trying to do this as well. And I think a lot of what skating brings is like, what I'm saying is like when you overcome fear and whether you started as a kid or you started as an adult and you know, whatever you're overcoming and you know, I skate with a very high level skater and you know, one day he came up to me and he used to, he used to terrify me to be on the ice, and now I, like, follow him around like a puppy dog, you know? Like, oh, let me try to keep up, you know? And he's so incredible, and he came up to me one day, and he's like, do you know how much fun it is to be out here? Because we're both working through what we're trying to get and what we're trying to make happen, and we both know that it's going to be this struggle and that we're going to fall. And so it doesn't matter if you're working, you know, for him, it was trying to get back his triple lutz, and um, the problem of over-rotating his triple loop, you know. And for me, it was trying to get my axle for the first time. And we're both falling, and we're both crashing, and we're both getting up. And when you take that part of your day of, I did that, I overcame that, Mm -hmm. suddenly everything else in life, you come to it. It's like you're practicing walking through your fear. You're practicing that courage. You're practicing going after your dreams. And I think it, even if you're not a type A personality coming into the sport, you start to see what else is possible and you start to look at your other dreams. And I think that's one of the gifts that skating gives. 
And I feel like everyone is operating with some level of fear. Yes. Everyone at any age and any level. I mean, it's scary. And to be honest, at times it is quite dangerous. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so like we are all afraid in some capacity, but also like there are times you just have to, it teaches you to let go of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, like for me personally, I've like, there are a lot of, for someone listening to this, who doesn't know figure skating, there are a lot of different ways that you can compete in figure skating. You can compete in more technical events or more, um, theatrical like events where they're not judging your technique. And for me, I've always been more of a theatrical person and competing in the technical events was always more of a challenge for me to the point where I spent, I think like four years not doing technical events because it was, I was afraid I was honestly afraid and I like I can't even give you a specific like light bulb moment that I had but I went back to the technical events and with time it's getting less scary right and for me the technical events are where I'm most comfortable um yeah and a lot of people say that they like the structure of it yeah and I mean you were willing to come and bring was it Edna was the name of the fish to adult yes. skating nationals? So, yes. So I do all sorts of silly theatrical things. So this year I skated with a four and a half foot long rainbow trout. Um, in the past, I've skated with a three foot long toothbrush. I've skated with um, fake spaghetti made out of yarn. Um, I just, I love like the silly nature of theatrical skating. And also I really like the challenge of skating with props. It To me, it adds an extra challenge to it like to figure out how to jump and spin while you're holding a four and a half foot trout is, yeah I never thought about that that is that really is challenging like there were certain things that I really could not safely do and there were other things that I was surprised went as well as they did um but yeah so I love these showcase events where I just get to be unapologetically ridiculous and other people find those events terrifying Yes. And they are afraid to do something where they look silly. Yeah. Um, or they're afraid to do a more dramatic piece where they're supposed to be portraying something serious because they worry that they won't pull it off. Um, yeah. But for me, that's always been easier for me. And I've always struggled more with the technical stuff. You know, and people really get, I remember this woman um, years ago, she was going to, a competition and it was her first like USF um, competition, United States figure skating competition, where it is more of a serious, um, like come here and you've got these judging systems and here you're going to be in front of these judges and they are mm-hmm. literally judging you, you know? And yeah, standing in front of judges is terrifying. It just is. in general. Yes, it absolutely is. They are not allowed to smile at you, which is really annoying. <laughs> it's like, come on, I'm working so hard here. Give me something, some feedback. And all you're going to get is a score at the end and no one's going to talk to you about it, you know. And, and you have the crowd. And the great thing about adult figure skating, this year I didn't know I had a problem with my blades. I went out with the most confidence I ever had going into a program and suddenly I couldn't stand up. And I mean, people in the, everybody that I loved was in that crowd. I couldn't wait to bring how I had grown this year and bring this beautiful program that had so much emotion to it. And literally I could jump and spin, but standing up was quite difficult and I was falling. I fell three times in one program 
And in- oh, I have fallen five times. <laughs> and the thing was, is I, I had no idea what was going on. It was like, why am I down again? You know, you normally know why you fall like competition legs. And I'm like, I'm on the ground yeah. again. And um, the crowd of adults, instead of it being judgment, it was they were in it with me and they were screaming for me. And when I stood up, I did think, okay, well, I didn't know it was a problem with my blades at that point. I was like, well, I have just joined the competitive competitive figure skating world where I'm not getting a medal for the first time. I am going to be in last place. And my final words are, this is me. And I just have to like (laughs) punch my fist up in the air and be like, holy, the crowd cheered for me just as loud as if. I had, you know, done the perfect program. And so that's the part about our community. People are so nervous. So when I was talking about this woman before, she's like, I just keep wishing I would get injured so I wouldn't have to get out there. And then didn't she break her wrist that day in warm up? No. Yeah. And then she was like, why did I ever think that? Because there's so much anxiety going into a competition you feel sick to your stomach. You wonder why you do this to yourself or if you're yeah. testing. And then you have a warm-up and everybody's on the ice. And, you know, you're, you're just like, this is stupid. And when you come off, no matter what happened on that rink, there is a pride that you have stepped, in, stepped out of that comfort zone and have done this. And, and that's not something that you can find many places in your life. And I love that United States figure skating and the adult skating committee, um, they put together big competitions, nationals and sectionals and, and they give the feeling to adults and they look at the adults as an important part of the community and of figure skating in general. And I think people like you and who step up to the plate and are willing to say, I will be chair and I will volunteer my time and I will write for the adult skating corner in the magazine are people that lead this forward and that it should be known out there that wherever you are in your skating, if you've never started, if you're 70 year old, 70 year old, 70 years old, I can speak and never started, there's a place for you. If yeah. you are a competitor that's been growing up in that competitive world and now you're in college and you don't have time anymore and you're about to graduate and go into your first career, there is a place for you and it's all open armed to everybody. Yeah. I'm one of the weird skaters who started as a kid and never, ever stopped. I skated all the way through high school, all the way through college. I typically skated twice a week in college and I teach learn to skate once a week. And then just transitioned into adult skating when I turned 21 and never stopped. But that I am a very unusual situation. Most people experience some, if they start as a kid and come back as an adult, there's some kind of hiatus. And you meet people who have taken like a 10 plus year hiatus and then come back to it and they're still amazing. Um, and, and I think one of the greatest moments at the adult competitions is I remember in Marlboro uh, in 2018, there was a woman that was like, I just had a baby. I want to compete, but the baby is nursing. My husband's at home with a two-year-old. We can't all come, but 
I, I have to come with the baby and I don't want to miss it. And on our board, everybody was like, when is your event? And she had more babysitters than you can yes. imagine. And so she's, she's in her dress with her crystals on the, this dress that she's, you know, uh, E6000 herself and, you know, stoned herself and she's changing a baby diaper and then she's getting out there. And then the woman who won, I think it was senior ladies this year that we were all on our feet. Yeah. And so she went she and picked like up her one year old. Yeah. yeah. She has a little kid. And so this idea that, oh, well, I'm a mom now, so I need to give this up or I'm going into my career now. It's like we are showing that dreams don't stop. No. And that they can begin at any period. And you are a big part of promoting that. And I thank you for continuing your support. And I know how much work it is for you. So how do you balance your career, because you have a career with a university. Yes. And you're also a published author, which I want to get to um, very shortly. Yes. And now you've taken on this role. And plus, you're still competing as a figure skater and yes. you're married, right? Yes. And There's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. How do you do it all? So. The way that I've always seen it is that, like, writing and communications is my full-time job and skating is my part-time job. And I've always kind of approached it as a part-time job that is going to take a set number of hours in my week. Um, I'm very into calendars, and I find that keeping a calendar helps me do things. Like, I set, like, I know these are the days I'm skating, and I do this with the gym, too. I find that I will never make it to the gym unless I identify the days in advance. Mm -hmm. So I identify the days in advance that I'm skating or going to the gym and I just make it happen. Um, I feel like I'm generally good with time management and I'm also an excellent multitasker. I'm usually doing several things at once. And what's great about the adult skating committee is almost everything I'm doing is via email. I mean, occasionally I will be on a call with someone, but it's almost all email. So you just kind of like, I can just, I can answer things on the go and it just, it somehow works. Also, I will say that I've only officially been the committee chair since May 1st, and the bulk of our work is done in the fall. So <laughs> maybe I'll be more overwhelmed in the fall, but currently I feel like everything's okay, and you just, you manage things, and I've been told, also been told that I'm very good at delegating. That's um, something the, that so yeah. many people need to hear. <laughs> so on our committee, I believe we have 41 people on the committee. And within that, there are several subject matter experts. So like, I'm not doing everything by myself. Like I have the support, like every single person, all every, all 40 people that I invited to be on this committee, I invited for a reason I invited to because I felt that they would serve some sort of purpose to assist me and to assist the organization and their overall goals. So, yeah, it's nice that I'm not in it alone. Um, we actually have, so there are 26 committees within U.S. Figure Skating, and we have one of the largest. And while I don't want it to be any larger, I also can't imagine us being any smaller. I feel like the amount of people we have is so perfect for what we're doing. And we have, like, oh, we have people in their 20s. We have at least one committee member over the age of 80. Like the diverse, we have a huge diversity in skill level as well. We have a skater, we have the skater who is the first female to ever land a triple jump at the adult championships on our committee. We also have a skater who's trying to land a loop jump, a single loop yeah. jump, which is a pretty simple element. Like we have a huge range of ability as well. And it's just, 
it's an amazing group of people. And yeah, that's how I'm able to do it is that I have a team. Um, I'm also very grateful that I do have a flexible job. I'm not being micromanaged. Um, and there isn't a lot of stress on me in the office. So that really helps me do the things outside of work that I want to do. Um, but at the same time, like, so I usually skate after work now, like, I get up at like 6.30, I go to work, I leave work around 4, I go skate, and by the time I'm skating from like 5 to 6 p.m., I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I'm really, I really try to prioritize sleep and nutrition and caffeine. <laughs> yes, and caffeine. Um, I, I am a big believer that caffeine is a part of going after your dreams. Yeah, <laughs> so all of those things to me are very, very important. And just like reminding myself why I'm doing it and why I'm there. Like I just, when I was, so I was on only on the committee for two years when they asked if I wanted, well, when the past chair asked me if I wanted to be the chair and I was like completely surprised. I did not expect to be asked to do this. Mm -hmm. And what I told myself was that I would have more regrets about saying no than I would about saying yes. And I didn't want to be in a position where I was filled with regret and I was watching someone else do the thing that I could have done when I had the opportunity. And I was like, do it. Um, So I'm the ninth chair of the committee. The committee has been around, I'd say for a bit over for over 20 years. Um, And I'm the ninth person to fill this role. And I'm the youngest. It's I'm not sure who the next youngest was, but definitely no one else did this in their early 30s, which is what I'm doing. Um, But I feel like I feel like the timing was just good. Like I was I was kind of marketed as the young, fresh face of (laughs) adult skating. (laughs) I walk into my rink and I feel so old. And then at adult skating, I, I adult skating competitions. I walk in and everyone tells me how young I am. Yeah, um, and that's it's just funny because like we have such a wide range of people. We really do. I remember we were getting ready for our dramatic um, program, and and in USF figure skating, um, we definitely we you skate in an age group, and the oldest age group was there and they were getting into their costumes and some of them were adding girdles not to suck everything (laughs) in, but because their tens machines needed to go on and stay on while they were skating. And one woman said, yeah, the doctor keeps telling me to give it up. I told him he can give it up. I am never getting off the ice. I'll be like Evelyn um, who they'll take me off the ice, you know, on a stretcher when I'm dead. And, and it's like, that is so inspiring, I think, to everybody that you don't just stop because of age. You just find ways of doing it. And I loved what you said about feeling like, what am I doing taking this on, but realizing how much regret you would have if you didn't. And yeah. with that, I want to segue into the fact that you wrote a children's book. And I did. Um, so tell me, I love the story behind why you wrote it and how beautiful it is, but please tell people about your book and the reason behind it. So what's interesting about my book is that it all started like this book would not have existed if I had not been very much rejected. Mm. So the way the book started in, so I, 
I made a very good friend in college, Milan Del Vecchio, and we kind of realized very early on in our friendship that I have a way with words and she is a very talented illustrator. And we always had it in the back of our minds that we wanted to create a children's book. And it was like halfway joking, halfway serious. And probably around like 2012, I was inspired to write the children's book. So the book that I originally wrote was called My Brother is Special. And it was an autobiography about me explaining my brother. So my older brother, Jeremy, was severely handicapped. He had cerebral palsy. He was severely mentally retarded. And as a kid, there were no books with people like Jeremy. I especially, like there were no disabled people in children's books and there were no characters in wheelchairs. That was very, very rare for me to see a wheelchair in a children's book. Mm. So I wanted to create something that would help kids understand what that meant. So I wrote this book called My Brother is Special. And my friend Milan illustrated this beautiful cover. And I found this amazing children's book writing contest through this publisher in Chicago. And I was like, Milan, let's enter this contest. And we were both so excited. So we entered this contest and I got the nicest rejection letter I could have possibly got. And they said, we really like your story but we don't feel that this book is ready for publishing at this time would you consider writing from the perspective of the brother and I Mm. hadn't thought of this I hadn't thought of doing this and I think this is mostly because first of all it was an autobiography and second of all my brother could not speak and it didn't dawn on me to write a book from the perspective of someone who didn't speak but actually in children's book this is fairly common you'll I mean, there are so many books written from the perspective of a pet, for example. Right. Um, So I was given the opportunity to give a voice to someone who had never had a voice. And then fairly close to the time I got the rejection, my brother passed away. And I was suddenly more motivated to make this book happen because now it was about carrying on his memory. And I still like I still had so much more I wanted to say. So I completely rewrote the book. So I called it I Can Understand. And what I wound up doing was I decided I wanted to self-publish it because I wanted to own the book and I wanted my friend to be my illustrator. And I realized that I couldn't be guaranteed that if I had a publisher. Right. So I made a Kickstarter campaign. It was 10 weeks long and I needed to raise $7,000, which is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And... I want I needed to raise that much money because I wanted to print initial rounds of the book and I was adamant about paying my friend for illustrating um she would have done it for free because we're friends but she's very talented and also artists are underpaid and underrecognized in general so I just I wanted to make sure that she got her portion of it so we raised seven thousand dollars in 10 weeks um we raised the money in 2015 and by early 2016 the book was published um, and we still, I sell it on Amazon Understand and search for Aviva M. Cantor. The book will come up. It's and the link will be um, below in the, in the description. Yes, Marcy has a link. So it's more of a passion project than anything else. We are really not doing this to make a profit. Um, but with that said, I do, I give 25% of all of the sales to my illustrator. Uh, most writers do not do this. And again, it's just because I love her and the book could not have happened without her. And right, and artists are just so underappreciated. So, and what's fun is actually every year at the adult championships, I bring my book and wind up selling a few copies to people. 
Um, That's awesome. Even though the book has nothing to do with skating. But there, there are actually, there is one illustration that has skates because there are these little references to us. But the book is more about teaching children what it means to have special needs and how to react if you see a disabled person and what to do and how to approach them. Um, one of my favorite illustrations in the book is the illustration of the little sister opening a door for someone who's using a walker. Mm-hmm. Um, like people ask, like, what can they do? How can they, how can they show, like, show a disabled person that they're important? And honestly, like, anytime someone would open the door for my brother, that was so helpful. Yeah. It's the silliest little thing, but there are so many people who need that help. And so that was one of my most, that was one of my favorite parts of the book that we're like showing kids, hey, you can open the door for someone and this is a nice thing to do. And um, the feedback I've gotten on the book has been, amazing there was this elementary school principal in washington dc who found the book and she bought six copies because they had a new student who was disabled and she wanted every kid in the school to read the book that's fantastic i think too like i know for so many people when they see someone disabled it's like they don't want to stare or they don't Mm -hmm. want to and the you know i i worked with um children with brain injuries um back in my teen years. And I remember being out in public and the reaction of people. And it's like, it, it isn't taught from a young age that it's okay to make eye contact and it's okay to smile and it's okay to treat people with disabilities the exact same way that you would treat any human being. Yeah. And so that's why I think your book is something that should be in schools and should be in libraries and should be read to children so that it does begin that people understand that just because someone's different, it, it doesn't mean that everything's different, you know, and they're human beings just like us. And they have something great and wonderful to give to the world. Um, yeah. Just and there's like everybody does. There are no other, I could not find another children's book on this topic, which was insane to me, but right? apparently it is just something that a lot of people don't want to touch. Um, something kind of comparable is the children's book Wonder, which became a, a movie, but yeah. that was about someone who was completely mentally not disabled and, ju- and was physically disfigured, but it was a yes. similar concept. Um, that was the closest thing I could find. Um, but yeah, the experience has been amazing and the whole thing seriously would not have happened if we hadn't been rejected on our first try. Right. It's that getting up thing that Mm -hmm. we were talking about. Yeah. It was so crazy that, and I was just like, why didn't I think of that when they suggested that? Because it really, it made the story so much more interesting. Absolutely. Um, And yeah. And it just, yeah, it gave it this whole new perspective. Um, That's awesome. I am going to cut you off because we are almost at 40 minutes. You only do 20 minute shows, but you had so much interesting content and I wanted people to really hear your story and how you absolutely go after your dreams. You prioritize them as if they're just as important as a career. I think that's one of the greatest takeaways and that at any age, it doesn't matter young or old, you can step up, get up, be rejected and make a complete win out of it. Thank you Aviva so much for being on the show. Um, Links to the United States Figure Skating Association, as well as to her book, um, are in 
uh, in the description and I hope you check out all of it. And I hope to see so many more adults getting out there and trying skating and going after those dreams. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. And for everybody else, have an E2T day. Go 